Thank you so much for tuning in to the Defending Christianity podcast. I'm your host, Levi Dade, and in this podcast, we aim to talk about the evidence and reasons for why the Christian faith is true and why it is good. We do this with the hope to encourage the church to engage the culture around us and to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus as 1 Peter 3.15 commands. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Welcome back to the Defending Christianity podcast. I'm your host, Levi Dade. Today we have a special guest with us. We also have a special topic. We're going to be talking about abortion, one of the hot topic issues of our day, and it's something that we don't want to avoid here either. Our guest today is Jonathan Noyes. Jonathan works. uh, He he has worked as a speaker with Standard Reason since 2019. If you remember last year, we had Greg Kokel on the show. He was also the president of Stand to Reason, and so this is where John is working from. He's a former atheist, um, and after examining the evidence for Christianity, he was faced with the fact that Jesus is who he says he is, and um, the Christian worldview is the story that best talks about reality. Since then, John has been passionate about engaging the culture with honest and well-thought-out reasons why people should trust the Christian worldview, and he's developed a series of passionate talks to do just that. And today we're going to be going through one of those on abortion. In 2013, Jonathan earned his master's degree in Christian apologetics from Biola University, graduating with honors. So he brings a unique perspective to his audience and the San Teresa team, having more than 10 years experience in the legal field and serving more than five um, years as, as a pastor at his local church. Uh, it's a great honor to have John on the show. John, how are you? I am very well. Thank you so much, Levi, for having me. You're doing great stuff over here. Yeah, you, you as well. So uh, you have this talk of, on abortion called Abortion Made Unthinkable. Can you just unpack the premise and, and what you hope to, I guess, communicate to the audience who's listening? Well, sure. You know, um, uh, we have to have, I, I attempt to approach this topic, the topic of abortion, which is a really difficult subject to uh, interact with, you know, for, for a number of reasons. It's, it's highly emotional. Um, it seems that everybody has an opinion on it. And uh, my goal is to present a case to whether it be a Christian audience or a non-Christian Christian audience uh, for them to think about their view of abortion uh, in light of the fact that the, uh, the uh, by definition, abortion is the taking of an innocent human life. And if we are going to define abortion that way, which it is, uh, it's, it's murder. So my goal is to not make, not, not make people feel bad, um, not yell and scream at people. And, uh, but it is to have them think about what is, what is actually happening uh, in our country today, as uh, we every day, thousands and thousands of uh, unborn babies are, are being, um, being murdered ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when it comes to this issue, said it's, it's an emotionally packed issue. And so that there can be a lot of uh, hostility when it comes to it. What is the importance of, of being able to approach it in a courteous way and in, in a way that you see the other person who may oppose you still as a neighbor who should be loved? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Cause Oftentimes, especially on this issue, because emotions run so high on it um, for, for any number of reasons, um, it's easy to uh, produce more uh, heat than light is, is the way I like to say it. And it's really important to stay level-headed, stay calm, 
and communicate yourself effectively uh, in in a way that that keeps that mood <clears throat> throughout the entire conversation. Because uh, if if for example, if, if if I'm talking to somebody on this topic, which is really important, and they start getting really mad at me, do I win? No. I don't win. And then if they're talking to me and I get mad on it, I don't win either. You know, so so if, if somebody gets mad in the conversation or angry or frustrated or upset, uh, the conversation really doesn't go anywhere. We lose track of what mm-hmm. it is that we're trying to do. And we always in the back of our minds, regardless of what we're talking about. Uh, we want to remember that Second uh, Corinthians five, right? We're ambassadors for Christ, begging on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So we're to make an mm-hmm. appeal to the world around us, the people who don't believe as we do uh, for the Christian worldview. Now here, uh, I love the abortion topic because it's, it's, it's backed actually not just by, you know, biblical data, but scientific data. So when I'm talking Mm -hmm. to people, I'm usually presenting it in a way that I don't even need to mention the scriptures. And, uh, and I think that we have a good case. So we find that common ground. We help people feel comfortable in the conversation. If you can do that with this topic, like abortion, because it, it is so emotionally charged, You've really done a, a great job. And, and the last principle is, and this is maybe the most important thing, is I am not in the moment trying to win a debate. I'm not trying to smash a person. I am trying to put a stone in somebody's shoe. I'm trying to get them to think about the issue. And, uh, and, and I am hoping to sway their opinion on it. But I don't feel the pressure to do it right then and there necessarily. So I try to take the pressure off. And the way I do that is I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. So it's more of just trying to get things for them to maybe have pause later on and something to just make them consider and, and just kind of break down the view of, of abortion being okay, which is obviously is not trying to get them to think about it differently. Yeah. Try to get them to think about it differently. Yeah. And, uh, and in the process, like, mm-hmm. so, so it also depends circumstantially like where we are, you know, uh, but, but, I used to when I was I was ju- I was a I was just a pastor, right? So for for five years I I was in full time vocational pastoral ministry, and when during that time I wasn't as busy traveling as I am now. So I used to go out in front of the abortion clinics, my local abortion clinics that are here, and I would try to persuade people to to not have an abortion, right? So when you're in that moment and you're outside of an abortion clinic and you're talking to somebody who's actually going in to have an abortion, of course, I'm trying to get them to change their position right then and there, but I'm still doing it in a winsome way. I'm not trying to be a jerk for Jesus is what I say. You don't, that's not what we want to do. The issue is important. Uh, it, it's really, really important, but I never want to be yelling and screaming or offending or, I mean, the, the message, uh, the pro-life message is offensive enough. There's no, there's no need to, to, to the pro-choicer. Uh, there's no need to add any offense to it through attitude or yeah. sneaky tactics or guilt. I mean, um, so to be honest with you, uh, Levi, when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody about this topic, I'm just trying to be a, a real human being, remembering that the person that I'm talking to, they're not my adversary. They're somebody who's made in the image of God of infinite value and worth, just like their unborn baby, just like the fetus is, is a, is a unique human being made in the image of God of infinite value and worth. And sometimes we lose sight of that when we're talking about this, Christians can get just as upset as non-Christians on this topic. Yeah. So that's true. I remember I had Daryl Bach on here last year talking about his book, uh, cultural intelligence, engaging the culture uh, in this pluralistic culture, how, how to do so in a winsome way. And he said something very profound. I think he said it makes all the difference in the world. If I view somebody 
um, who should be invited and rescued rather than defeated and crushed. And I think that that's a very good principle that Christians ought to, to live by. That is so good. It, it reminds me of C.S. Lewis's words. You know, we've never, uh, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it, but we've never seen a mere mortal. Like we've never looked at a mere mm-hmm. mortal, you know, everybody bears the image of God. Everybody has an eternal soul. Everybody has an eternal destiny. And when we yeah. view people like that, you know, one of my prayers every single day, Levi, is that, um, so I wake up in the morning, I have my like routine, right? I, I swing my legs over on my bed and I just pray, Hey God, uh, I'm here for you. Please use me today. Don't give up on me. I'm going to mess up and help me love you more and each other in, in my, in my community better. And mm-hmm. then as I, you know, as I'm going through my morning routine, I'm always constantly saying, God, let me have your eyes for the people that I'm going to be talking to today, especially if I'm at an event like, uh, where was I? I was at uh, U- University of California, Irvine, UCI, just doing some open air stuff on the campus. And my prayer that morning was the people that I'm going to engage, especially the people who are going to disagree with me, and I'm going to disagree with them on the vital topics. Would you let me see them like you see them? Because, uh, mm-hmm. because you love them. And uh, you love them enough that you gave your only son for them. You know, if I could just have a little bit of that compassion for them. And uh, just like what you said, Daryl, ba- was it Daryl Bach that you said you had on? Man, you yes, have man. heavyweights on this show. <laughs> <laughs> By the grace of God. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Everything, everything he writes, we should read. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, those yes, are just very good. Yeah. So so um, you're, you're going to give us some some tactics on on how to dialogue and go into this. Talk. So what are what's, what's the first one that, that you might want to start off with? Sure. It's uh, it's to remember that everything boils down to one fundamental question. What is the unborn? What is the unborn? You know, um, abortion in, involves killing and, and discarding something that's alive. You know, um, so we, we have to ask that question fundamentally, no matter what the objection is, what is the unborn? Because if it's... Uh, you know, just a random, you know, quantification of molecules. If it's just a clump of cells, uh, by all means, we can, uh, we, we should take it off. If it's akin to a tumor or, uh, um, or a wart or a mole or, or something like that, we should, uh, we should not, we, well, we, we shouldn't do what we do, you know, defend life, that, that kind of life, uh, vehemently. We, um, we should always be asking ourselves, what is the un- born and uh and how we answer that question is going to dictate uh how we go on to have the conversation with somebody um so for for example uh if if i'm standing outside i'll just go to my personal experiences here if i'm standing outside the abortion clinic and i'm talking to somebody uh the, the number one objection that i get from people is that they legitimately uh oftentimes don't understand that the unborn fetus the fetus that's in their um, in their womb is an actual unique human being. So when I, when I talk to them, I'm trying to, to, to educate them and say, Hey, no, no, that is a, that, that human being is right where it should be right now. It already has all its DNA. It already has, you know, I, it, it, it's eye color is determined. It's, it, it, it's already, um, it's growing in just the way that it should be growing. It's, it's not just a clump of cells. It's an actual living human being uniquely made. And they don't, under, oftentimes people don't know that they just, they just, uh, they've like, cause when they go in for their checkups or their, their, if they go to say it's Planned Parenthood, 
they're going to go in and they're going to be told that it's a clump of cells, that it's really not a big deal. Uh, they're not going to they're not going to realize actually what an abortion does most of the time that it takes the life of an innocent human being. But it all starts with that question. What is the unborn? You know, because if the unborn isn't a human being, then uh, there's no there's no need to even justify having an abortion. You know, there's you don't even need the. It's like literally like if, if it's like trimming your fingernails. I mean, I don't I don't I don't argue with my wife if I can trim my fingernails, right? Uh, we, we just do it. But an abortion is obviously something else because if the unborn is, is a human being, uh, then no justification for abortion, I think, is adequate. You know, we, we don't kill defenseless human beings for, for the reasons that, that most people have abortions. Like um, they have a, you know, the, or at least they give for their abortion, right? I have a right to privacy or, or it's my choice. I do with my body what I want, you know? Um, a baby's too expensive. You know, these are the, the excuses that we get, you know, I, I don't want them are, are you going to take care of them? Or are you going to adopt all the babies that are born, you know, and even in, in extreme cases, like uh, the, the event or the instances of, of rape, I would argue, uh, d- doesn't justify the taking of an innocent human being, you know? Um, so, yeah. And there are no easy answers here. Like, I want to get back to yeah. the, to the point here that, that this is a hard Topic. I'm not saying that uh, that people who are struggling with this, uh, you know, um, aren't really struggling with it because they are because there's real consequences to actions and they're and they're real people and they're and they're real circumstances and they're real situations. But um, but if but while it might be difficult, the issue is not complex. If if I'm right that 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 uh, an abortion always results in the taking of an innocent human being. So, um, so that's the simple question. All we have to do is answer that one simple question. What is the unborn? And, and I think that that question is often ignored, um, largely when, when we go into conversations, yeah. you know? Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? So obviously the, yeah, it makes perfect sense. The, the pro-life um, stance obviously is that the unborn is human being from the time of conception. How can we defend that claim? Cause many Christians know that, but they don't know exactly like the actual facts about about how to defend that does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah and and this is where i think the christian or uh, i mean the non-christian who's who's pro-life uh or anti-abortion this is uh this is where actually uh we we have science on our side (laughs) um i mean every single major embryology textbook that's used in every major medical uh college today defends the idea that at conception, a unique human life begins. That is not a controversial statement. That is not a controversial um, conclusion. This is what this is what medicine, this is what embryology, this is what science tells us. So the the, it, the people can disagree with us on it, but they're uh, so in the wrong. It's, it's almost unimaginable. And what the problem is, is that people just don't know it because they believe they believe the mantras or the, um, the short pithy little statements, you know, my body, my choice. That's where, that's where we, that's where, that's where a lot of us Christians are like, we camp on these, um, these slogans and don't look deeper into it. It's just a clump of cells. Well, I mean, but, but what do you mean? I mean, what do you mean by just a clump of cells? Because uh, you and me, Levi, are just a clump of cells at a, at a certain, 
you know, I mean, uh, in a certain regard, if naturalism is true, then we're just random mutation. I mean, a random quantification of molecules bumping into yeah. each other all, all by accident. Right. So we're just clumps of stuff. But if uh, but what do we mean by it's just a clump of cells? OK, it's just a clump of cells. But is it a human being? You know, is, is the unborn clump of cells uh, a unique human being just at a certain stage of development? You know, just like the two-year-old, the two-year-old is at a certain development. They have fewer cells that are clumped together than you or I, you know, at, mm -hmm. at that certain point. Yeah, it, it surprises me that with, with it being such a, a large consensus on the fact that the unborn is a human being in the scientific arena, which is where, you know, the yeah. secular world worships science, basically. Science over Christianity, science, you know, eliminates any idea of God, blah, blah, blah. But then again, when it comes to this issue, it's like they don't they ignore the science. I find that very interesting. Why do you think maybe more scientists aren't speaking out on this issue and maybe correcting the culture's misguided information on that? Well, uh, first, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's a, if that's the case. I think yeah. um, I think uh, it, it, now I think a lot more we, as, as time progresses, I think we see a lot more. Uh, naturalists and scientists kind of taking the pro-life position. Um, second, if, if that is the case, there's ramifications to uh, taking the pro-life stance, right? Uh, then there comes at a cost. It's a very, in one regard, it's a really unpopular stance right now. And it seems to me, and this is maybe because I'm in, maybe I, maybe I guess I'm in a little bit of a bubble here, but it seems to me like uh, the pro-choice position is the loudest position. And, and there's a number of reasons for that. I feel like uh, oftentimes, uh, well, oftentimes it's not the Christian who's a pro-choice uh, to holds a pro-choice position. So oftentimes in, in conversations, the, the non-Christian can go places that, that the Christian can't, you know, I'm mainly name calling and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, you know, and and so sometimes uh, they have uh, the rhetoric behind them because they can call you. OK, well, you're just, uh, you know, your, your your views antiquated and you're a bigot and you hate women. And it's like, well, no, I, I, I'm none of those things, you know, um, mm -hmm. but uh, but then there's also these these short, pithy, like I said, these pithy statements that kind of carry the day, these these slogans that we believe. And I think that the conversation needs more than that. And oftentimes in my experience, the pro-life position, the, the person defending life wants to have those deeper dialogues, but there's oftentimes not room for those deeper dialogues because people just want to yell slogans. Not, not too long ago, I was, um, I was, I grew up in Plymouth, Massachusetts and I was back East with my family. I have four daughters and we visited my hometown and we're standing there. And this was really interesting. Uh, we're standing in downtown Plymouth, which is like the home of the pilgrims, you know, and they're celebrating like a huge anniversary. And so all these people are dressed like pilgrims and they're living like pilgrims in the downtown area. And it, it was really fun for my kids. And all of a sudden there's a lot of commotion coming down a side street and uh, there's a main road, water, water street, which is right on the water. And it's a main thoroughway. There's lots of traffic. And so I see somebody chasing a stroller down that street and people are yelling, help, help, help. And a bunch of people run after the stroller and they save the stroller. Well, in the stroller was a dog, not a baby. And, uh, and then I'm like, oh, wow. Well, at least they saved the dog. Like, I'm happy about that. And then they all, and now I'm looking up the street and there's hundreds of people coming down this uh, side street. I'm like, what is going on? Well, they're all holding 
pro-choice signs. It was a pro-choice rally. So I'm standing there with my four girls. I actually have my youngest on my shoulders. She was four at the time. Have my youngest on my shoulders. And I just point out the very fact. I'm like, I think it's really, really interesting that, that you guys are chasing after a stroller with a dog in it because you recognize the value of that life, yet you're all campaigning for the taking of a different innocent life, an innocent life that I think is actually more valuable than the dog. It's an innocent human life. And it was really interesting, the, the conversations that I was having, because I, I literally I had my girl on my shoulders and I'm just talking to these people. And one of the objections that I got time and time again, I probably talked to, I don't know, 20 people that day, because I mean, there were hundreds of people was it's not a baby. It's just a clump of cells. And, and so if we have a little bit of knowledge at just a little bit, I mean, and, and you're able to educate people, I'd say, well, how did you come to that conclusion? How, how are you concluding that it's, it's just a clump of cells? Because every major embryology textbook that's taught in medical schools today defends the idea that it's not just a clump of cells. It's an innocent human or unique human life at, at the moment of conception. So, so you help educate the people. And then it's, it's funny because you add that and you, and, you, and you throw that claim out there and it's backed up by science. This isn't the Bible. I'm not, for, for the most part at this point in the conversation, I'm not a Christian. I'm I'm just somebody who's who's pointing out the fact that what you're saying is actually not true. Well, it's 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 more than what you're saying because it is a clump of cells, mm -hmm. but it's a very special clump of cells. It's it's a it's a unique human being. So so I'm pointing this out to them, and it's funny how the response is. Greg Kokel calls it the 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 Simon and Garfunkel response. You get complete <laughs> silence, the sounds of silence, because you bring up this you bring up this fact, and then people don't know how to respond to it. What they do is usually they just come up with the next slogan. Oh yeah, well it's yeah. my body, my choice. Well, but hold on, we just established something. It's not just a clump of cells, but it's actually the, a unique human being. That means there's two bodies here. There's two bodies. It's not just your body. So it shouldn't just be your choice. And not to mention that we don't have complete autonomy anyway. We, uh, the, the, the government even tells us what we can do with our body all the time. So, yeah. yeah. What, what about the uh, a response that says something like, you can't legislate your Christian morality. And they're saying that, that this is a, a Christian view. Yeah. Again, we haven't asserted uh, in our conversation, Levi, right now, have we mentioned Jesus? No. Have we mentioned, I mean, we've mentioned the Bible, but have I quoted scripture? No. Uh, you know, so as of right now, this isn't a, a Christian position, but you still have, so, so it's not, I'm not trying to legislate Christian morality. I'm trying to legislate morality, but we register and, 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 but we legislate morality all the time. Right. Uh, I can't come to where you live and I can't uh, take your property without your uh, consent, right? That, that's what, that's stealing. We have laws against stealing. Um, I can't come to you and kill you. I can't for, for you know, that's, that is the, uh, the, the taking of an innocent human life. That's what we call murder. You see, we legislate morality all the time. And actually, I'd argue that most of our legislation is, is moral in nature. So it, the, 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 that objection breaks down almost right away. We, we legislate morality all the time, all the time, every yeah. day. That's what yeah, we do. I like I the mean, idea. Yeah, Levi. Go ahead. No, I was no, saying like, I, I like the idea. I like the idea about engaging the culture, not using the Bible, but, but standing by the Bible. Because when you, you can't really get anywhere with someone who says, I don't believe the Bible, but then you yeah. use the Bible to defend your claim because they don't believe in it. So you're kind of at a dead end there, right? So that's an yeah. important tactic that I think Paul uses um, in Acts 17, he uses the philosophers of his day. He quotes philosophers, Greek philosophers that are not found in the Bible 
to reach Gentiles because that's who they will be familiar with. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, uh, you use the things of the culture. It's not a problem to speak into the culture, you know? Um, and I think that's a good tactic to use. Absolutely. 100%. So we have focus on the main question. What is the unborn? What's another important principle when having these discussions? Yeah, sure. I think, uh, oftentimes one of the major problems with abortion is that abortion has, has lost almost all meaning to most Americans, you know? Um, and, what I mean by that is, is we don't, we don't see abortions. You know, we talk about them. We, most people don't see abortions other than doctors. Even if, even, even people who have had an abortion don't actually see the abortion. You know, when, when a woman goes in for an abortion, um, that's not a chemical abortion, but actually a surgical abortion, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna numb the woman. They're gonna uh, put a sheet up uh, from her abdomen down. And the doctor is going to, uh, ultimately dismember that baby, crush that baby's skull, remove all the body parts um, without uh, the woman ever seeing what's going on. All she might hear is that it's just a clump of cells, right? Um, And I think that because of this, we're we're very sanitized. So we've lost the idea of actually what an abortion is. And I think um, one way that we could bring meaning back to this is, uh, I don't know about you, Levi, but I learned visually uh, with pictures and images. And, um, I think that graphic images are a great way to restore meaning. Another example that, that I use when I, and I don't even use necessarily graphic images right in front of you. I mean, I I do sometimes, but just mental images sometimes is enough when I'm outside of the abortion clinic. Uh, I'm, I'm going to describe what abortion actually is, what, what is happening. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to describe the whole procedure. I'm going to say, Hey, uh, you know, um, you guys are up there. You're told that it's just a clump of cells. The, the, the abortion, um, place that I used to go to the, the, um, the, the, it wasn't a Planned Parenthood, but the, the, um, the place that performed abortions that I used to go to was on a second floor of an office building, medical building. And they always had their windows open. So I would go and I had a loudspeaker again, never adding offense to my message. And I'm not yelling at people through it. There are people who do this wrong. But I just describe the abortion. I say, hey, you're up there. And I just want to let you know, like, the doctor is going to tell you that this is just a clump of cells. But please ask for an ultrasound. I'll say ask for an ultrasound so you can actually see the baby growing in you. And and because what's going to happen is, is that the nurse is going to come take you by the hand and she's going to lead you into a room where you're going to sit by yourself and they're going to administer some drugs and and they're going to numb your lower half. And 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 I just described the procedure in depth uh, over the course of three or four minutes so people can get a mental image of actually what's happening, you know? Um, and then if you combine that with the use of signs that they actually show what an abortion is, have you ever, Levi, watched that? There's like a, a 60 second video that is, is all over the internet about abortions. You know, if you talk to like Megan Allman yeah. or Scott Klusendorf, yeah. they have it in, I have it in my presentation where it's okay. no narration. Yeah, I've seen just, it, I've seen it. Yeah, and, and if that is, I, I, I watched that, I've seen that video hundreds of times and I still cry when I see it, I still get that lump in my throat when I see it, because you see that the baby, you know, that this is a, this is a pre-born human being. You see the hands, you see the, you see the, I mean, they, at one point the, the baby's little face and, and they, they move the jaw up and down with a pen. And um, that's one way that we restore meaning back to abortion. Um, I think so the abortion has lost its meaning. Yeah. We need to restore meaning to abortion. Restore meaning to abortion. Is there, do you happen to know a link to that video that anyone who's listening and wants to check it out could, could uh, check it out? Yeah. And it's if not, um, I'm, 
I can probably figure it out. But if you go to LTI, I think it's LTI.com. Um, so Life Training Institute, go to their website. I'm sure that they have it on there. There's uh, abort. 73.com, I think, or 74, abort74.com. Um, I can't I can't remember the website or the URL off the top of my mind. That definitely has it. And actually that abort 70. What year was Roe v. Wade? Was that 74? Oh man, I should know this off the top of my mind. I forget off the top of my mind. But um, so it's like abort74 or whatever.com. That site actually will have that video. It'll also have um multiple quotes from medical textbooks on uh the the uh the beginning of human life what's that it was 73 73 yeah so abort 73 is a great place to to find just facts about abortion abort it'll, uh, it, okay yeah it's a it's a good website to go to. i will video should be there. leave i will leave a link to my listeners below in the description if y'all want to check that out to restore the meaning of uh abortion and what it is not just for yourself but for anyone who who may be supporting it um, in your life and you maybe want to show them and restore the meaning back to them as well. Uh, yeah. As, as you point out, that's an essential part of this conversation. Yeah. And the, and the way this plays out, man, like what we want to do is we want to move the conversation from the abstract to the concrete with, with uh, truthful, accurate images to show that, um, that abortion kills babies, <laughs> you know? Um, so given the question, like the, our first thing, what is the unborn? Um, we don't, we don't have to guess. You know, uh, we don't have to argue. This is why restoring meaning to the word abortion is really important, because once they see it, once we see it, there's no question about it, what, what the unborn is. So, so uh, you know, my, my goal, I want to show something. Um, I want to show the person that I'm talking to something that they've probably never seen before, because when Planned Parent is teaching in our health classes in our high schools, they're not showing <laughs> the images of abortions, right? You're not going to see... Um, grainy silhouettes or, 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 uh, I mean, they're going to, you're going to see like grainy silhouettes or you're going to see uh, scratchy ultrasound images, or even like, I mean, the stuff that's in, in science textbooks in high school, even today is kind of appalling because it like, like it shows um, the, 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 the embryos, you know, it compares, you know, dolphin embryos with, uh, with human embryos, for example, and it's going to show you, Oh, look, look how similar they are. Well, in hindsight, actually, those are falsified images. You know, it's not even accurate, but they're still in the textbooks because we haven't gotten around to moving them, removing them, you know. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that's that's my, my goal. My goal is to, to go from the abstract to the concrete. And the way that we can do that is by describing and showing what abortion really is. You know, show, show what, a, uh, what a, a living nine-week-old gestational age baby uh, is like. Um, I have videos of my, my own kids growing inside my wife's womb you know it, it's crazy these these four do you have do you have kids levi you're in college so maybe not i'm 21 i'm not married and i have no kids <laughs> all right when i mean by the time you have kids the technology is going to be even further along like, it's insane uh my oldest is 12 my youngest is five and even in that eight year or seven year uh gap between those two the technology increased tenfold. You know, we used to do 3D ultrasounds. Now we have 4D ultrasounds where when you're looking at this, I mean, we could literally see what our daughters looked like before, before they were born. Wow. And it's, wow. Dude, it's crazy. It's so cool. <laughs> but as you're looking at it, so, so you're looking at your baby inside, uh, inside her mama and she's moving around and she's sucking her thumb and she's kicking it. And she's only this big, you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 
it's incredible. And the idea that a lot of times people, uh, they don't see that before they choose to have an abortion. You know, they, they don't see these images. They don't see it. So sometimes I'll even show actually the, my own kids videos of when they're in the womb. This is nothing graphic. This is just, Hey guys, look at this. This is, this is Eva, my, my oldest daughter. This is Eva at nine weeks gestational age. Like, look at her. <laughs> and she's clearly a human being, you know? And I point out, this isn't a cartoon. This isn't animation. It hasn't been altered in any way. It's, it's actual footage at, uh, of my girl at the ultrasound with my wife. It, it, and, it, uh, you know, so, so I want to introduce the idea that what's growing inside of a woman isn't just a clump of cells. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful unborn human being. And then I'll ask the question remarkable. Isn't this like incredible? Like I get excited just talking to you about it. You know, it's like, yeah. isn't this incredible. This is something to be excited about. You know, we have a window into the womb, you know, and, and, um, and, and then I, and then I also tell people like, remember that at nine weeks gestation, many women don't even know that they're pregnant yet. You know, so wow. oftentimes many abortions are taking place after this period, you know, so, so I don't even need to use uh, a graphic uh, image. I just show a beautiful image. And so then usually I, I in my presentation, I, um, I, I draw, I, I, I draw the point back to what is the unborn. I say, Hey, is it okay for me to kill this? Can I kill this? And even in the, even in a secular setting, I get a lot of silence. Ooh, I don't, I mean, I'll get some hardcore uh, pro-abortion people. I, when I was an atheist, Levi, I was, uh, I wasn't pro-choice. I was pro-abortion. Like I, I would say, I don't care if it's a human being, kill it, kill it. If you want to kill it, I would have argued that you could kill a two-year-old if you wanted to, because, uh, by it doesn't have the life doesn't have value. And, but I was being, at least I was being consistent with my worldview. So when I'm on a, yeah. a secular campus, or if I'm uh, talking to a largely secular audience and I say, can I kill this? It's interesting, the response that you get. And oftentimes you've get, you get people who walk into the room, sharing a worldview that doesn't, think, that doesn't reinforce our worldview. And all of a sudden there's a, there's a bifurcation there. There's people that walk in that are like, uh, you know, pro pro choice. But when you say, can I kill this after seeing an image or a video of my daughter in their mother's womb at nine weeks gestation and they, uh, they change their tune, you know, and then they're, you've got an argument or a disagreement between people who used to share the same position, which is really interesting to see, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, it's all about restoring, uh, restoring meaning back to the word abortion, you know, just kind of showing what it is. And then I point out the fact that we don't kill innocent defenseless human beings for the, for the reasons that people give to justify abortion that none of them are good enough to end the life of an innocent human being. Thank you so much for joining us today on Finding Christianity Podcast. I hope and pray that you were encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And if you're someone who's seeking truth, I hope and pray that you have gotten closer to that because Jesus is the truth. Join us next time on the Defending Christianity Podcast. God bless.